0: Welcome to Prime Time with Alex Stein. A lot has been happening in the news lately that is causing us to be divided even more so than usual. There's a lingering sense of depression and fear permeating throughout society, and sometimes it can become overwhelming for individuals. So I thought of some things that might be able to help you and I get through these troubling times. The first thing is McDonald's. Even though the burgers and nuggets are filled with microplastics that harden every single artery or organ it comes in contact with, There is still nothing more delicious than eating some piping hot McDonald's French fries dunked in some ketchup or ranch dressing or even sweet and sour sauce if you're feeling Asian at the moment. So thank you so much for always being there and serving us your microplastic food with ice cold Sprite. I love you so much, McDonald's. I wouldn't be alive today if it wasn't for your McNuggets because my mom was actually a prostitute that was paid by my dad in nuggets to conceive me. And just like the movie Pretty Woman. My parents fell in love and they decided to raise me together until, of course, they got a divorce, which caused me to have emotional and mental health issues for my entire life. So thank you so much for that, Mark Donalds. I love you so much. And we also have to be thankful for the Internet. If it wasn't for the Internet, we would still be stuck in the medieval era having to communicate through personal or physical interactions. Yuck. Thankfully... We don't have to interact with any other human beings because I can just Uber Eats a foot-long Coney from Sonic and have my Haitian Uber Eats driver drop it off on my doorstep without ever having to interact with a single human being whatsoever. This is so awesome. The internet is so great for helping me stay safe from contracting any viral infections because for the past three years I haven't had to leave my house one single time. I can can order unlimited toilet paper and transhumanistic sex dolls from Amazon Prime and have them on my doorstep before I even fluid damage my current sex robot. The internet is the most important thing in the entire world, and I'm so happy the government created it as a way to transfer massive amounts of data from military bases. And since the internet's origins were from the United States military, we can trust that the internet will be a tool of good and not evil. So even though times are tough, We can always be thankful for McDonald's McNug's and unlimited military-created internet. God bless America. Welcome to Prime Time with Alex Stein. I'm your host, Alex Stein, and I want to apologize because I was just listening to that audio and it sounded like shit! What the fuck? We can't ever get one god dang thing right on this freaking show! So I apologize for that, but uh, I want to really, you know, talk about the show a little bit. We have an incredible show for you. We have Gad, Sad, we have Dinesh D'Souza, we also have uh, uh, Pro-Life Spider-Man... But we have a very special guest. You've known him. He has an incredible YouTube channel called Heck Off, Call Me. He's one of the, you know, loudest voices I would say in the young conservative movement. The one, the only John Doyle. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been a dream of mine to uh, to come on Prime Time with Alex Stein.
0: Wow! I'm making John's dreams come true. So, John, sure. you uh, you know, you've had a meteoric rise. You're a very young man. You've been, you've had a, a lot of success at your young age. Tell me, is a lot of pressure being a successful, uh, you know, talking head?
1: I mean, yeah, you know, you're gonna be on camera a lot. People are gonna monitor everything you say and look for any, you know, opportunity to take you down. But uh, people like us were just pretty much bred for it. I think. You know, some people can make it. Some people achieve this sort of
0: like spontaneous success in this business. They fizzle out quickly because they're just not made for it. So. Yeah, know. you're exactly right. And I'm always worried I'm gonna fizzle out because, listen, dog, it's like, uh, uh, you know. Uh, your meteoric rise can also have a meteoric crash. So, what do you talk about? I, I'm dealing with a similar amount of haters as you. You know, uh, we, let's just let's just talk about the elephant in the room. And you know, say what you will about Nick Fuentes, I think that he's a very you know you know obviously successful political commentator, one of the most successful commentators. But his audience hates me. The Groypers hate me, and part of that reason is because my last name is Stein. So, you know, say what you will. What do you do when the Groypers or you know, kind of the they're not alt-right, I don't like using that term because that's the term the left uses, but when uh, quote-unquote conservatives come after you.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I invited them even into the live chat because I had done an Instagram live stream and I was talking about the Trump indictment and then they're in the live chat because that is that is their political force. I mean, they can be there as people to annoy people. That's basically how they wield whatever political power they have. They can be there to annoy people. Uh, and so they'll be you know, involved in your live chat or my live chat or wherever. And that's what they do because they perceive you to be an enemy because of your last name. Me to be an enemy because I won't like recite 4chan talking points like it's this like forbidden knowledge. And it's like, dude, did you know that like Jews control the media? Aren't you like based in red pilled? And it's yeah. like, OK, cool. Uh, let's try to maybe move on to something else.
0: Well, and like I said, we're not going to talk about the groepers the whole time, but I feel like the groepers actually embody the victimhood mentality as much as the left. They want to say, oh, there's these people in Israel that are causing me all my problems. And I'm not saying that there aren't people in other countries that cause America problems, but is it one group that is causing us all of our issues? I think that's a little too general. Well...
1: I, uh, well, I you can agree. You can no, agree. That, I
0: think that there are intelligent ways to talk about things
1: like that. Like, there are intelligent ways to talk about Jewish power. And if you look at, like, what Kanye was doing, for example, he was airing these grievances, and he was doing so in a way that was attracting a lot of attention. You know, he was going on these monologues and these different shows, and all the top replies were like, well, aren't they kind of proving his point? Well, you know, if it's not true, then why is XYZ happening? And then he got linked up with these people, and then all of a sudden he's, like, incoherently ranting. You know, he's got, like, the milk bottle, and he's got the puppet. And now all of a sudden people are like, okay, this guy's, like, mentally, like, unwell. He's obviously crazy, and so it's not actually shifting the paradigm the way they think it is. It's basically reinforcing the paradigm, which is if you talk about these issues, you're, like, mentally unwell and low IQ, which is the way that he was portraying them. So.
0: And this is my only, and I'm not even complaining to Nick. Once again, I don't want to sound like I'm white knighting for him, but Nick Fuentes is smart enough to know that Kanye West has 0% chance to win yeah. the presidency. yeah. So I mean, why, so why would we go around LARPing like he's gonna actually win the presidency? Well,
1: I mean, for him, it's a great opportunity, and also, I mean, that's his idol. I, I never was really into rap music; I was never into. Kanye. I love Kanye too. But if you know my Kanye West was like, I want to run for president, and you know, here's what I'm gonna talk about. That's like, that's an awesome opportunity. Yeah. So I'm not gonna fault him for taking it.
0: No, I wouldn't. And I think Nick works hard, but like I said, his audience does not like me very much. So uh, for all the cozy TV streamers, come and watch the show. You guys can hate watch it. I don't care. I know John doesn't care either. So, uh, John, what are we gonna do? About This Donald Trump indictment, what is your instant reaction? Oh, we're gonna make America great again. Wait, you have to pause, I have to pause you. See, I'm of the the thought that this is gonna be bad. I don't know. I don't see the silver lining. You see every conservative Jack Pasobic freaking DC drain over, oh, this is gonna be this is going to wake everybody up. I think it's gonna do the opposite, personally. It's not gonna wake everybody up.
1: We tend to have this mentality where we think that things are going to reach a certain state of being bad, where the masses are gonna wake up and we're gonna realize how bad things are. That's not true. But it's also not true that it's going to be insignificant. You know, there's something to be said about people who could get it and who could be effective who just haven't been brought to that point yet. There's a moment where all of us have been radicalized, so to speak. You know, you've got your, like, Stonewall Jacksons, for example. These people who aren't, like, a Robert E. Lee in the sense that they're, like, destined for greatness, but they could become great if they simply are put into the right position at the right time. So I think that uh, instances like these where you have Trump being indicted, it's obviously, like, uh, and what's the word that they like to use? Unprecedented state of American political turmoil. That's going to be effective at waking people up not like the masses are going to wake up and we're going to take back the country that's never going to happen but it is going to be I think positive however and I said this on the live stream I'll say this now I don't know if I'm going to say this on my channel. We have an obligation as people who have platforms to really like make this into a huge deal. We know that it's good for us long yeah. term. It's good for us. I have to admit that because I'm saying, the hearing that he got indicted, I'm like, this yeah. is a content. But form. we still have to be like, this is un- this is inc- this is insane. We have to, I mean, because we have to move the ball down the field as much as possible. So we have to blow this up. This is the end of the world. They indicted your president. We have to make it into a huge deal because that's what's going to get the, the people excited.
0: Yeah, and and what I don't like about it is this is another indication of what I call globalism. But what they're going to do is they're going to poo-poo on America by causing a stain saying, oh, well, in America, the presidents are so corrupt they go to jail. So what that does is that actually makes America weaker, and then it just drives us into globalism and the new world order even more so. There's some sort of weird thing that even if a president... I mean, there's rules for thee, not for me. But even if a president commits a crime, this guy's has, he's privy to classified levels of information. I mean, he's, as much as we want to say we're all the same, the president is not the same as, as us. So you would think that they would have a little more leeway when it comes to misdemeanor crimes. So, I mean, it's just, this, that's a bad, and you just said the word precedent. But if you're going to arrest the president, I don't care if he's liberal, conservative. He's the Ameri- he was an American president of the United States. He deserves respect, not to, not enough respect, not to, to be, unfairly indicted.
1: Yeah. I completely agree. And also, I mean, if you look at someone like Donald Trump, the fact that all they could get this like billionaire Manhattan real estate playboy, they got him, okay, maybe he's a little creative with his taxes here and there. Yeah. Maybe he's like some hush money. Like, who cares? This is not consequential. I mean, you're into the conspiracy theories, yeah. if you give us a laptop in like 30 minutes of your time, we can prove that people who have held political power for much longer than Donald Trump
0: have done things. Far more transgressive. I mean, than Hillary Trump. Clinton, I just to cut you off. It's like, dude, okay, you're gonna you're gonna arrest Donald Trump. Arrest Hillary Clinton's bitch ass. I mean, what I mean yeah.
1: Yeah, how about that?
0: (laughs) I mean, I don't, you know, honestly, God, this is, it sounds bad. I honestly do think Hillary Clinton is evil, probably worships Satan, worships Moloch. And uh, she she deleted all those emails. But I don't even know if they should arrest Bill Clinton. I know that sounds crazy and I know he's doing illegal stuff. But I think maybe when you get to the presidency, maybe you get to commit a misdemeanor crime. I I know that people are probably not going to, you know, that's not going to be a popular opinion. But I just think that's more based in reality is that these are high, powerful people and that they're kind of held to a different standard than you and I.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I also agree we should arrest uh, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, Fauci. Uh, what's his name? Not Podesta. Fauci.
0: Dude, Fauci saved so many people when he gave them AZT in the 80s when he gave all those AIDS patients. So he really saved a lot of people then. I think Fauci deserves like. We, we should a just monument. have
1: like, uh, you know, cast a wide net, just arrest as many. And then if, you know, it doesn't exactly hold up in the courts, it is what it is. But we should we should try to arrest more than we could convict
0: um, wow. in terms of the, the political opposition. Wow. So what do you think about all this now when it comes down? Trump indictment. At the same time, there was a mass shooter that happened to be transgender that's just, you know, dominating all of the media. I mean, every single every single thing is about Transgender Awareness Week, transgender vengeance, blah, 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 blah. And now all of a sudden, with Donald Trump being indicted, we forget about it.
1: Yeah, you know, honestly, some of the immediate, like, knee-jerk conspiracy reactions I don't sympathize with, but there is something to be said about the timing of this, because I've thought that the Trump indictment was inevitable. It's just a matter of when, and then we thought we were going to see it, and then there were some rumors that, like, well, they're going to meet and then come back later. It's very interesting that this is happening now, right as the media could not, for the life of themselves, not sympathize with the transvestite militant who went gunned down white Christian children, that all of a sudden now they
0: have to have this story, because they know that we're going to jump on it, they know that they're going to jump on it. So. And I hate it because I was reading the mainstream news today on Daily Mail and they were talking about how they weren't going, they were going to reconvene for a month and that, that basically if there was going to be an indictment it was a month away. And then now you have a literal transurrection. I mean people yeah. are, are, you know, transgender are going there and actually stopping a vote, stopping legislation from happening. You could argue that it's just as bad as anything that happened on January 6th because on January 6th they were able to reconvene about two hours later and still certify an election. So. I mean, just look what they're trying to hide. You see this. trans transurrection, guys. This is all a misdirection. So we're not paying attention to that. So we're constantly talking about Donald Trump. And I just hate it because we're falling into that trap right now. It's basically all the, anybody can talk about.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the transurrection is interesting. And you've had this not only with like the trans people, but like Black Lives Matter people have occupied state capitals before. Uh, And in terms of, I mean, whether you're looking at like the trans demographics or the black demographics, those two groups are far more likely per capita to like become violent than like the white boomers who occupied, you know, the Capitol on January 6th.
0: Yeah. And I mean, honestly, don't even get me started January 6th. There was a video that came out today where it was a cop saying, oh, I'm undercover as an Antifa. Did you see that? That that went viral today? No. You got to share it. I should have had it. But where a literal cop is... he pulls out his badge. He's like, yeah, I'm working undercover as Antifa. So uh, this should be a bigger story. But that, that's, uh, uh, you can check out Alex999 on Twitter. And that was one of my recent retweets if you guys want to see that. But guys, we have an incredible guest. We're going to talk about Trump. I definitely want to get our next guest's opinion. But we're, Let's we're, say we're, China. There we go. We're going to welcome on Daredevil and an expert in climbing skyscrapers. He does this to spread his pro-life message. He goes by pro-life Spider-Man but I like to call him Mason Dischamps. Welcome to the show, Mason! How are you doing, my friend? Doing great, Alex. Happy to be here. Okay, well, I'm happy I see you inside of like a room. You're not climbing a building. I know we have some graphics, but for the people that are playing at home that might not know you, you are one of the most extreme free climbers that I've ever seen in my entire life. So, Mason. How did you get started climbing? Just were you climbing trees, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're climbing like the Bank of America Tower in Los Angeles?
2: (laughs) Yeah, you know, I grew up in Michigan hunting and fishing, and then in high school, I moved to California. I just needed something outside, like outdoorsy to do, so I started rock climbing. And next thing you know, I'm I'm living in Yosemite, and I'm climbing El Capitan, and, uh, but as far as climbing skyscrapers go, you know, I, I was just sitting at home, and I was thinking to myself, like. What could I do to help this pro-life movement? I saw the the pictures of the Justice for the Five victims, and I, I just really felt convicted, like I had to do something. And this was the way to sort of uh, raise awareness for the movement and uh, raise money for uh, the women in crisis pregnancy.
0: Yeah, and so tell me this though, Mason. So Alex Honnold, am I saying his last name right? He's the most famous free climber. He's been on. Joe Rogan, so was he an inspiration? Because when I watch his videos and then I watch your videos, I get anxiety. Jimmy and I were watching your videos. My producer, excuse me, JVT, I, I, don't, I don't don't, even get me started on that. What I'm saying is uh, uh, him and I were watching your videos, and we were getting anxiety. So, like, how the hell do you do this free climbing thing? Do you, you, don't, you don't have any fear of heights whatsoever? I know that's a basic question, but when I look down, how does your wiener not become an innie? I'd be so scared. ah. Like, oh. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's really not that big of a deal, I, I think,
0: personally. Shut up, dude! It's the biggest deal! Quit trying to downplay it. Look at you. You're scaling a building thousands of feet in the air with no safety harness, no rope. Your hands are sweating. How the hell are you not slipping off the hot metal? I mean, do you ever grab something and it's burning hot and you're like, holy shite! I mean, wh- what the hell? There, there has to be uh, uh, things that you aren't accounting for when you climb these buildings, so what do you do when you handle a rougher hot spot like that?
2: You know, I, I try to look for good weather and stuff like that and climb within the seasons, but there's always, I guess, that risk, like you could fall. That's why, you know, you have faith over fear. That's what I try to, to preach every time I come on TV. It's having faith in Jesus and knowing where you're going if, if something were to happen. And if you do that, then it's not, it's not a big deal. Dude,
0: it is! Oh my gosh, you're such a badass! I love you, though, but I'm just saying, that is a huge deal. Look at the people. I want you guys to see this on the screen. This is Mason climbing this with nothing whatsoever. So how do you build up your stamina? Because isn't there a point when you get up there and you're like, "Ah, ah, ah, I'm out of breath, and you can't climb down. Is that correct? You can only go one way, or am I wrong in that?
2: Yeah, yeah, you can only climb up, but you just shut your brain off. You'd be a man.
0: And then you're only looking like, yeah, well, uh, you call me a trans. If, they, if, it, if it makes you a man to have to climb a building, I will be Fiona uh, from Shrek. All right, so tell me this, though. Uh, how do you actually, is the hardest part actually kind of finding, like, a groove and, and path up? Because I feel like when I watch your videos, when I see you start on the ground, how do you, in your head, say, oh, this is the method I'm going to take?
2: I go on Google Maps, and I find a building that looks climbable, and then you have the little uh, like Street View guy in the corner, and I drop that on the street, and I w- walk my little guy around until I can see like uh, a hold or something to grab, and that's really all the, the recon I do is just going on Google Maps. And then after that, you know, it's just trusting your strength that you have and that you've worked towards, and training really hard in the gym. And it's you know, it's honestly not that not that big of a deal, but you know, it's, it is to me. No, you're it really. There's others. No, and that's, that's,
0: that's what's so good is the inspiration, but what happens when this, we're going to play this clip, when you are on a building and you're about to make it to the top and one of the fire department, uh, you know, literally says, uh, uh, I, I forget what they're saying, let's play the video, but you're telling them, don't move, don't move, I'm going to fall if you move. So what do you do in this situation where, you know, the people that are trying to help you could actually sabotage you and cause you to fall?
2: Yeah, they were trying. Hey guys, to... I'm all good. I'll meet you at the top. Yeah, they were if trying to cut me a out, hole in the you can wall. You knock me off. No, you'll knock me off. Don't do that. Okay. Hey, what's your first name, man? Mason. I'll just meet you at the top. I got it. I'll no just worries. meet Mason, you up top. Yeah. We're gonna stop you before you can get to the top. Uh. I know what you're trying to do. You want to make your message? We're not gonna bother you, but we're not gonna let you go all the way up to the top. Why? But I'm worried you guys are gonna pop these off and then you're gonna knock me off. Trust well, me. Well, we're, we're getting above you, and we're going to knock off the
0: one that's closest above you. Well,
2: I'm telling you, if it comes down and hits me, I'm going to die. I can easily get to the top. This is nothing. No. I'm a professional climber. It doesn't matter. Okay. What I, I, you're okay. doing right now is you're putting our lives at risk.
0: Mason, that's a big-ass deal! You're arguing with law enforcement, and they are actually—they think they're trying to save you, and you're trying to tell them, no, don't do that! So you're actually arguing with them while you're thousands of feet in the air with no harness? What the hell, dude?
2: Yeah, they wanted to cut a hole in the wall, and I was like, please don't, because if you do that and something comes down and hits me, it's not going to be good. But you just got to keep calm when you're up there. You know, it's just shutting your brain off and just focusing on, on, on the climbing. And if you can do that in any sort of situation, then you're good to go. Just keep it cool and relax. And uh, I guess uh, learn to, to argue with them so that they don't cut holes in the wall.
0: <laughs> wow, Mason. Well, you're a real, real certified badass. So tell the people before you go, how can they find you and how, they, how can they support you?
2: Yeah, so if you want to help save babies, go to letthemlive.org and you can donate. All the money goes to women who are in crisis pregnancy and we save babies directly with every dollar that comes in. So go there. But if you want to follow me and follow my climbs, go to Pro-Life Spider-Man on Instagram.
0: And what do you have, before you go, what do you have on the horizon? What are you planning next? I don't know. Maybe I might come to Texas, Alex. We'll see. Well, we got some buildings. When you come to Texas, you're welcome on the show. You can come on the Blimp. Come to the blaze, and, and we'll, uh, we'll give you the first-class treatment. But be safe, Mason. I know you're very fearless, but uh, as a man that, that watches you work, you're very young, you're very talented, you're very passionate. Just keep working hard and stay safe, my friend. Thanks, Alex. We are at a tipping point in America. With 400,000 children in the U.S. foster care system and a quarter of those awaiting a forever family, Christians must step up. This is Jack Graham, senior pastor at Prestonwood Baptist Church, inviting you to CHOSEN, a summit addressing these urgent needs on Saturday, April 13th. CHOSEN will empower churches to begin foster care and adoption ministries and equip families who are adopting or fostering. We have great speakers joining me, including Sadie Robertson-Huff and Governor Greg Abbott of the great state of Texas, along with dozens of breakout sessions. I urge you to join us and help make a difference in the lives of these precious children. Register at prestonwood.org chosen. Alright guys, go follow Pro-Life Spider-Man. You didn't interject much, I guess I didn't give you a chance, but what do you think about that guy?
1: I think he's a great guy. I lost him actually in the year, so I couldn't really hear what he was saying. Uh, so of course! I met him, uh,
0: Of course! I wow, had another technical difficulty. you producer. Someone's gotta do something about that guy. And we are gonna do something. I'm actually planning on doing something. We just gotta see if a few more incidents happen, because trust me, there's a plan to do a lot of shit to Jimmy. A lot. And guess what? All I need is an excuse, so Jimmy, you better freaking, or JVT, excuse me, you better Whoa. freaking be, you better be on your game the rest of the show because I swear if there's one more mistake, dude, you're going to pay with it with your life. All right. Um, uh, uh, oh, yes, I have to bring this on. John, you've heard of Dinesh D'Souza. He has a well-known documentary, 2,000 Mules, and we were able to interview him, uh, so let's
3: play that right now.
0: Dinesh, thank you for joining the program. How are you doing, my friend?
3: Always a pleasure. Glad to be with you.
0: Well, you know, the big news, the Trump indictment literally just came down. Give us your instant reaction.
3: Well, I think it's uh, outrageous and frivolous at the same time. It's outrageous because on a very dubious pretext, you've got an indictment of a former president, something that would be virtually unthinkable um i think in previous eras uh it reflects the absolute um fear that the left has of trump i mean it wasn't enough to have two impeachments they now have to try to lock him up and it's by trying to take a what would otherwise be an indiscretion a kind of hush money payment and try to elevate it into some sort of a felony that would prohibit trump from being able to continue to seek uh, the presidency. So on the one hand, I think it's appalling that we've reached this point. We are almost in, you know, banana republic territory. On the other hand, the sheer preposterousness of the case, the fact that we're not dealing with anything that is that would normally fall under this kind of a standard but rather we're dealing with something that's years old other people have looked at it and said there's nothing here uh, we have public statements by you know Cohen's attorney Stormy Daniels saying there's nothing here yep. and yet they're pushing forward with it because i think they've got blinders on
0: well tell me this you know you see a lot of people on the conservative side are saying well this is going to help trump that this is going to actually be you know, beneficial to him. I personally just, you know, maybe because I don't have the 30,000 foot view, I'm just kind of looking at it closely. I think this is only going to hurt him personally. So, what do you think? Does this benefit him or does it hurt him in the
3: long run? I think it's actually hard to say and I I wouldn't uh, try to guess. It It really, here's the question. Does the ordinary American who doesn't pay daily attention to politics, who's just watching this from afar, do they watch this and go, well, you know what? where there's smoke, there's fire. They wouldn't have done it if they didn't have something on him. Look, he's a controversial character. And so so that's one possibility. And the other is, wow, uh, you know, the Trump is not even in office. He's now basically running in the Republican nomination. He's clearly the leading candidate of the opposition party. And for the Democrats to do this would be akin to, uh, you know, a Republican administration arresting Obama and imagine the reaction that would provoke. So it really depends on how this plays out with the ordinary guy. My guess is the ordinary guy is going to feel a sense of sympathy toward Trump, but will that be enduring? All of that I think is too hard to predict.
0: What, what was that? Why did that end so fast? What did it, what's the deal with that? Wasn't that interview supposed to be five minutes? Uh, Alex,
1: Alex, I told you, we he got into s- some spicy YouTube topics and we he was about to him. talk about how the the Democrats are the real Nazis. No, we just it, we don't bring it up. We just can't t- like we can't talk about the election. We talked about this, Alex. We'll Jimmy, I up. don't
0: give a damn what the fuck you think we can fucking talk about. You are literally a retard that somehow graduated from fucking Princeton. It's all a bunch of bullshit. I I hired you because I thought you were smart. I got. You were funny, but guess what? I was the dumbass. I'm the idiot. So from now on, you are no longer the producer. I want fucking Brandon over there. And I want you to come here and talk to me right now. I got something I want to talk Uh, to you about. Come here right now. uh, Brandon, go get it. Brandon, go produce the show. Brandon, go produce the show right now. You want want me to come
4: on set?
0: Yeah, I want you to get your ass down here right now. Right now. Come here, Jimmy, hurry. Get your ass up. What, what's going on? Jimmy! Okay. Let me tell you something. I'm sick and tired of your bull crap, okay? Okay. okay. So I'm going to need your help with this, John. I want you to hold his hands real quick, John. No, no. Come up. Yes, 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 hand. yes, 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 yes. Just hold his hands real what, quick. What, what is this? Don't worry about it. Just hold his hands together real quick. Just hold them together like okay. this, John. Okay. Okay, here. I'll hold I, I don't like this. Just shut up, Jimmy. I'm so sick of you because you know what? I don't feel like you're loyal. I feel like, oh, you have Seth Dillon saying, oh, they want to hire you. Oh, you know, there's rumors of the Daily Wire. I feel like this might be some sort of false flag attack. And I want to know the truth. So we're going to ask you some questions Al-Qaeda style. So what Al- you're going to Al- do. Al-Qaeda style? Yeah, Al-Qaeda style, Sharia law style. So get down, lay down on the ground right now. OK, now what we're going to do is we're going to waterboard you. What is going on? Just shut up. You. Shut up, do not Wait, move. What? Do not move, put this over his face. Okay, John, grab some of water. Here, here's some water, John. What? Okay, Something? shut up, Jimmy, shut up! Is this safe? Yes, this is safe! Are you Hold sure this is this safe? This is safe, shut, shut up! Shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut up, shut <laughs> up! Okay, Jimmy, I wanna know right now, <laughs> do you care more about my show? Or are you gaining followers on your Instagram account? Um, am I under oath? Yes! Oh, okay. Answer the question, Jimmy! Answer the question, Jimmy! Your yes, show! You! Your yes, show! Pledge your allegiance to my show! Yes, what is your favorite show yes, on Alex, the internet? Alex, sir. I heard you have some things you want to talk to him about, John. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll... John Doyle has some complaints too! Ah! How does that taste? How does that taste? The first complaint
1: is that you're not waterboarding him competently. Okay,
0: okay. Hold it, it. Hold it down. Hold it down. Hold it down. Okay. Oh keep your legs still. Keep your legs still. It's okay. You don't need to breathe. You don't need to breathe.
1: I think the reason this happened is. They knew this was the day of the Trump indictment, and they knew that if they had him make a mistake, Alex would get derailed and we wouldn't talk about the indictment we'd start waterboarding his producer. That's my theory.
0: Yeah, but you were talking about how you were mad at Jimmy because of some of the- Oh, yeah. YES, YOU both ON THE SHOW! are not you the guy booking Blair White? And only. Oh. Apologize! Apologize to John! And say that you're gonna start focusing on the show! Focus on the show! And you're gonna help me gain followers and not you! Say you're sorry! Say you're sorry! I'm sorry! All right, all right. You can have your job back. All right, all right, all right. All right. Go, go back there and go get back to work. Can, can, no! Just keep your hands okay, tied. Brandon will push the buttons. Get out of here, Jimmy. Get out! Get out! Jim. Okay. Get out! Get out! Wear this on your head and go! Leave! Okay, thank you, John. That was really beneficial. Wait, so does that mean I can't plug my Twitter? No, you can. And, and we want to say, if you guys want to see the rest of that Dinesh D'Souza interview, please go to blazetv.com. You good, Jimmy?
4: I feel
1: great. All right. Just sit down, Jimmy, and shut up! He looks pretty reformed. That's hidden in plain sight radio, at Brandon C. on Instagram.
0: He does seem like he's changing. No, Brandon, you sit there and produce the show, dude. We have guests and shit coming up. We need your ass sitting there.
3: You know, they don't pay me extra for this.
0: I know, I know. This is a free mo 99 deal. no, mo bitches. That's true. Okay, so what do you think about that? What do you think about Jimmy? Do you think he learned a lesson from that at all? That was a very interesting
1: humiliation ritual. I don't know what he did. I was hoping it was because he was booking Degenerates for the show. He, like got, us crazy. To, he got us distracted the day of the Trump indictments, and, and I knew that you were going to go off the rails. He set you off, so uh, I, I, guess he, I guess he deserved it. Honestly, he deserved it 1,000%. You should just, a lot like, more. shoot him. With a gun? Like with a, like a
0: 22, just like in the calf or something, just teach them a lesson? I, well, I've actually been thinking about this, and this is a serious statement. I've been wanting to go viral, and so I thought maybe the best way is if somebody shot me with a 22 in the butt. Do you think the calf would be a safer spot? I think you should do both. I mean, it's a
1: 22. It's basically an airsoft pellet. Uh it'll probably even bounce off you. So Is that true? You know, oh yeah, no, absolutely.
0: I so, do have very strong caps. I don't hey, know if you guys hey, see yeah. What, Jimmy? What? Uh, <coughs> wrong. You have to uh you have to put the graphic for Dinesh's sh- the interview. I can't really breathe right now. I just have That's a lot fine. Of yeah, I know. You know you Honestly, can you plug if you want to go viral? Interview. No. No, okay. we're not going to plug Dinesh and then uh, get kicked off YouTube. What are no, you, an no, idiot I'm producer? On the Blaze. On the Blaze, we have a graphic Prepared. I just said, I just said, if you want to, gosh dang it, Jimmy, I just waterboarded you and you're still here fucking up the show. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I, it's hard. I can't hear you. It doesn't I, matter. If you guys want to watch the whole show, if you want to watch the whole Dinesh Assouja clip, go to blazetv.com. You're going to be able to see it. And if you use the code pimp on a blimp, you're going to get a few bucks off and everybody needs to save some money. So go celebrate Dinesh. And look at Dinesh doing his best Barack Obama impression right there. You guys see that? That is a face. Of beauty. So, if you guys want to see that entire interview that my, produce, my producer unfairly cut short, please go and watch that on The Blaze because we say a lot of crazy stuff that you're not allowed to say on the internet. All right, well, we have an incredible guest coming up, uh, Gad Sad. Are you familiar with any of his work? Yeah, yeah. He's a professor, he's, you know, pretty well-spoken, pretty, uh, very, very smart guy. So our next guest, Gad Saad, is a Lebanese-Canadian evolutionary psychologist and marketing professor who's known for his controversial views in various, on various topics, including consumer behavior, evolutionary psychology, and political correctness. His book, The Parasitic Mind, How Infectious Ideas Are Killing Common Sense, discusses how bad ideas are taking over society. Welcome to the show, Gad Saad. Welcome, my friend.
4: Howard, thank you for having me. I, as I was watching the previous stunt with the uh, waterboarding, I was uh, worried what I got myself into. So hopefully you'll be nice and not waterboard me.
0: No, I'm not going to waterboard you. Not today, not today, Gad. If you're in studio, it might be a different story. But tell me this, you know, you're very, they call you controversial, but why? Why are you so controversial for stating stuff that can well, be considered fact? I,
4: I defend some really controversial and corrosive ideas like freedom of speech, freedom of inquiry, I believe that biology affects human behavior. I went to USC two weeks ago and someone in the crowd, a a researcher, said that my speech should be regulated by the government. When I asked him why he thought the government should regulate my speech, he said that saying things that are unhelpful and truly divisive, like men can't get pregnant, is really of no help to anyone. So based on that and other reasons, other corrosive reasons like personal dignity, personal agency, individual responsibility, all of the support of the scientific method, that whole melange of dangerous ideas has rendered me a pariah in academia.
0: Well, as a professor yourself, I mean, don't you think that, I mean, for me, I think one of the biggest cancers of society are these uh, college institutions. I mean, you can really go down the line to almost every grade is an indoctrination program. But I think these colleges are the worst, especially with some of the studies they come out with. So, I mean, are the universities one of the major issues that we're facing in this like woke kind of, you know, political correct society?
4: Sure. Uh, Well, in, in the parasitic mind, I basically argue that every single idea pathogen that you could think of was originally spawned from the university environment and eventually now well, when I first warned people 25 30 years ago when I first became a professor that these ideas were you know uh, festering on university campuses people would tell me well yeah sure but i mean that's just in some you know clunky esoteric department in the humanities in the, or in the social sciences and i would tell them sure it starts off there but eventually just like in an, with an actual virus that you know, breaks free out of a lab. These bad ideas don't have any geographic restrictions. They start off, you know, in women's studies and ethnic studies and and so on, but eventually they become the Prime Minister of Canada who is a walking manifestation of every parasitic idea that you could think of. So. Yes, it starts off in the university setting, but eventually it's in every nook and cranny of society.
0: What about the conspiracy that Justin Trudeau is Fidel Castro's son? What about that? I know you mentioned him, and I know he's a joke, but I kind of like that conspiracy. What do you say about
4: that? Well, I think, it, I think most people who, who levy that accusation are probably doing it in a jocular manner. Uh, yeah. I think he is the son of pierre Elliott Trudeau. Not that that's any better, because that guy was a cretin himself.
0: Okay, uh, so, you know, we talk about professor, you know, you're very smart. I'm very dumb. I graduated from LSU. I did get a college degree in general studies, but I remember when I took sociology, I minored in it. You know, I took a lot of gender families, you know, studies type classes, and I remember them telling us, like, they, they honed it in how important transgenderism is because this is what they said, and I remember this clearly in college. At LSU, like I said, I'm a big dummy, but they said... We need gender hormone therapy, we need gender reassignment surgery because some children are born intersex, you know, that they have either, you know, they're mutilated genitals or they have, you know, penis and vagina obviously you know this subject better than me but so now we've taken clinics that we need for kids that might be born with a birth defect and now we've extrapolated that to 12 year olds 13 year olds 14 year olds so did this transgenderism and all these I guess my point is did all of this technology and all this medical innovation did it start off good and then become bad or do you think it was always kind of this weird satanic one world I mean I don't even know how to describe what the transgenderism movement is but it seems kind of like demonic to me so has it always been demonic in your opinion (laughs)
4: <laughs> well, I don't think it's demonic. I think it it all of these idea pathogens, whether it be you know transgender activism or postmodernism or social constructivism or cultural relativism, they all start off from a noble place, right? The idea is, for example, militant feminism wishes to eradicate, you know, uh, institutionalized sex differences. So it starts off from a noble place, but then in the pursuit of that quote, noble objective, they end up murdering truth and and raping truth. So the idea that, you know, transgender people should live free of bigotry, I think most people would say, yeah, sign me up for that. I'm all for that. Everybody should live free of bigotry. But then in the service of supporting that quote, noble goal, you end up arguing that, well, men too can menstruate, men too can have babies. Uh, We should have uh, female hygiene products in men's bathrooms. So in the service of what seemed originally a good goal, you end up completely metamorphosizing the stuff into complete nonsense. So I think, so I don't think it's demonic. It starts off from a good place and then it ends up being complete bullshit. Okay, well then you you see all this Trump
0: indictment. Isn't it kind of fishy that it happens on the same uh, week as Transgender Awareness Week when we had a transgender person go and and kill three children and three adults, uh, six people total? So do you think this is a distraction because this transgenderism movement is just, you know, dominating
4: the airwaves? You mean what, the fact that the Nashville shooting happened?
0: No, no, I'm saying the fact that they indicted Trump this week. Don't you think it's a little weird? Oh, I see. Say, yeah, I'm saying, Do well, sorry, you think, I, I personally, mean, I think that's it's kind of funny timing because they were going to indict him then they weren't going to indict him. And then they said that they, they potentially were going to uh, reconvene in a month and maybe indict him. But then it comes down today, which was unexpected, when there's such, uh, you know, every single story is dominating is about the transgender shooter
4: i mean i'm unsure if there is a direct you know link between trump being indicted and the transgender stuff uh, but i can certainly weigh in on the the independently the transgender issue i think the trump indictment is a truly sad day for the united states and i say this as a canadian i don't have a dog in the fight other than the fact that whenever the united states sneezes canada catches a cold so what happens to the us (laughs) is important to canadians I think it's a terrible idea, but paradoxically, it might end up being the exact type of thing that gets Trump reelected, because that will re-energize his base. So let's wait and see what happens.
0: Yeah, for me, that was kind of after Roe versus Wade. I feel like, you know, they said, oh, a red wave during the midterm, and then they overturned Roe versus Wade, and then uh, that radicalized people to go out and vote and, you know, be more uh, involved. So yeah, it, it can sometimes have an opposite of uh, the intended effect. Okay, so... Yeah, you're a brilliant guy, but we have to talk a little bit about. Uh, uh, I love celebrity gossip, and you are very good friends with Joe Rogan. You're, you know, you'll go on his show, I'm sure you're friendly with him. And I didn't realize this your nephew is basically the Stephen A. Smith of all MMA. Of, you know, he's uh, Ariel Hawani, who's one of the best young minds when it comes to fighting. He's also incredibly talented when it comes to uh, basketball. I love Ariel Hawani. I love your nephew. I'm just saying. But your friends are Joe Rogan, Ariel Hawani is fighting with Joe Rogan's best friend, Brendan Schaub. So has Joe, has, have you ever gotten involved in that, that your nephew is fighting with Joe Rogan's
4: best friend? I, I haven't, out of respect for both of them. But uh, I, I did not one or two occasions, kind of wonder why Joe has never invited Ariel on the show. And actually, I wonder why Ariel has yet to invite me on his show. So who knows? Wait,
0: Ar- his show, he's at, a, he's at like the biggest show right now. I think he just signed a deal with Showtime. Now he's covering basketball. So listen, Ariel, Ariel, we're going to freaking call you out. You need to get your uncle on the show. And then uh, I don't know if you're familiar, but we have an incredible young political commentator, one of the brightest young minds, smarter than me, younger than me, smarter than me, more handsome than me. I don't know, it's debatable if I lose some weight. But I wanted to get him in on the mix because John is a legend. So John, what do you want to say?
1: Well, that's too kind of an introduction. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it was sort of thrown into, I mean, you know, the, the Trump indictment, there's the transgender shooting, and then we sort of got into the waterboarding here. So I'm glad that you weren't, uh, scared off by that kind of, that kind he of. He has conduct. big balls.
0: He's, he has big
4: cojones.
0: He's not yeah.
1: afraid.
4: The ultimate honey badger, guys.
0: Yeah, you're tough. Nobody can take you out. So tell me this, have they, what's the biggest, uh, instance of you trying to be canceled?
4: Well, uh. So I was canceled in 2017 at an event that I was supposed to speak at with Jordan Peterson. The title of the event was The Stifling of Free Speech on University Campuses. It was held at a campus, and the irony was lost on them, it was canceled. Now, that university that canceled us, we ended up rescheduling the event to a much larger crowd, so it didn't work out. I've often had to have protection. So, for example, in 2017 and this past semester, I had to go to my university classes with security. I had to file reports with the Montreal police because of death threats. So, uh, I haven't received as many cancellations as as some of the other deplorable professors, but uh, I certainly have had my fair share of uh, death threats. It's not pretty, but someone's got to speak up.
1: So, how do you square that? Because these these leftists these seem to be the people who are all about free speech, all about free expression up until the point where then they disagree with you and then they want to shut you
4: down. How do you how do you square that? So there if I can get professorial on you for 2 seconds, there what's important to talk about is two types of ethical system, deontological ethics and consequentialist ethics. Deontological ethics is when when you have an absolute statement. So for example, if I say it is never okay to lie. That would be a deontological statement. If I say, well, it's okay to lie to spare someone's feelings. So for example, if your spouse asks you, Do I look fat in those jeans? Well, then you better put on your consequentialist hat that. and say, no, no, you've never looked as beautiful as you do tonight, my love. So for most things, we are consequentialists. The problem with the leftists is that they are consequent they are consequentialists on issues that should be deontological. So for example, if you say I believe in freedom of speech, and then the next word that comes out of your mouth, but, and then you fill it in, then you're an asshole because you are a consequentialist. There is no but, right? I mean, I am Jewish, and I support the right of Holocaust deniers to spew their falsehoods. There is no greater, more egregious lie that is more insulting, yet if you are a true free speech absolutist, that's what you have to tolerate. So that's what happens with leftists, that's what happens to all of my fancy progressive friends when they say, of course I believe in freedom of speech, but not for Donald Trump, he should have been kicked off Twitter. Of course, I believe in presumption of innocence, but not for Brett Kavanaugh, who's a gang rapist who went up and down the eastern seaboard raping everybody. We can't afford to give him the courtesy of presumption of innocence. Of course, I believe in journalistic integrity, but not when it came to Hunter Biden's laptop, because had that story spread, then Orange Himmler would have become president and we couldn't allow that. So the reason why the leftists do this is because they succumb to consequentialism when they should have been deontological.
0: Wow! Talk about a real deal answer. I just re- learned a lot right there. Hey, uh, Alex. Yes, I need Jimmy. Ask- we just waterboarded yeah. you. What? I did to ask you out a question. So, okay. um, how familiar
1: sure. are you with the Geneva Convention? I know it's
4: usually to prosecute nations. Can it prosecute individuals in twenty twenty? I'd like to
0: prosecute your dumbass, <laughs> Jimmy.
4: <laughs> I mean, I can't speak to the specific legal code. I know the general framework. What well, What is it that you want to know? Um. Can, can we can we prosecute Alex for war crime?
0: <clears throat> That's a good question. Can I be prosecuted for a war crime? Now I actually kind of want to know the legalities of what I did to Jimmy. Because honestly, I, I didn't sign an NDA. The legality, I might actually be in trouble. And I did see him cough up some blood. Sorry, I forgot to
4: wear my hat. <laughs> yeah, please wear that. You know, but it's funny. Just can I, can I just on a, on a related note, I recently watched a movie called The Mauritanian. Have you guys heard of it?
0: No. Does it have nudity? I only watch movies with nudity.
4: No, it doesn't have nudity. The Mauritanian is about a a, a guy named Slahi, who's a Mauritanian guy who was whisked up by uh, the United States right after 2001, uh, right after 9-11, taken to Gitmo. He spent 14 years in Gitmo without ever being charged, and he was waterboarded and tortured and so on. And to my earlier point about deontological ethics versus consequentialism, as I watched the movie, now I'm a Jewish guy who escaped the Middle East, so I'm no fan of you know uh, the radical interpretations of Islam, and yet I was very angry as I watched how he was being treated, precisely because I adhere to deontological ethics. Even folks who might otherwise be very nasty guys, and I don't know if he was guilty or not, you can't keep someone for 14 years without ever charging him. You can't be torturing him for endless, you know, 70, 80 days or whatever it was. So even for people that we don't like, we have to extend these deontological principles.
0: No, and, and that's exactly what I was thinking. You see Jamal Bowman, who is just, you know, throwing a hissy fit about getting rid of our guns. I don't know if you saw that video and then Thomas Massey. He didn't. Yeah, well, he basically he was like, we got to get rid of all guns. And this is my problem is that I'm not some person that loves radical Islam, but Barack Obama dropped a drone strike every 20 minutes for eight years. They bombed weddings. They Bomb funerals they killed multiple children as a matter of fact when we were evacuating Afghanistan they killed four children that were it worked for a charity that gave people water so these people that are in Congress or in the Senate that say they want to protect children what about the millions of Muslim children that died excuse me not all children but what about the thousands of Muslim children that died at the hand of American weapons
4: yeah exactly I mean a lot of these progressives are not really uh Cognitively consistent, right? So uh, LeBron James, uh, you know, he has to win an award for being a hero because he has to go from Malibu to Staples Centers because there is a daily genocide of black men by cops. But yet he keeps quiet about the 2 million uh, Uyghur Muslims that are in concentration camps. The hypocrisy is, is so infuriating. And that's why I weigh in the way that I do because bullshit really personally offends me. And therefore I have a platform. I speak out.
0: Yeah, and you really do a great job, but I still can't believe the biggest thing I learned, even the deontological, I mean, that was you know way above my pay grade. Like I said, I read it at a sixth grade level. But the fact that Ariel has not had you on your show, I'm tweeting him. I'm getting you on his show tomorrow. You need to be on that show tomorrow. Okay, so before you go, though, tell us, what is the outlook? I know you're in Canada. We're here in America. What do you kind of foresee in the future? Because I tend to get black blackpilled where I get, you know, have a very negative outlook. And I know that's not good. And, and I think that it's hard to have a positive outlook. So where do you see things going in this quote unquote culture war just in society in general?
4: I think it's a long-term war. So it, it took 40, 50, 60 years for many of these ideas to be spawned on university campuses and then to proliferate. So the, bat- the, the battle will be won, you know, reasonable people will eventually speak out and we will defeat those bad ideas, but it's not going to be sort of a cataclysmic from one day to another win. People have to get engaged. People have to activate their inner honey badger. Don't diffuse responsibility onto others. It's not only if you have a platform the size of Joe Rogan that you should be speaking. If someone says something stupid in your class, politely challenge them. If somebody says something on Facebook that you disagree with, challenge them. If we all speak up, most people uh, Alex m- the great majority of people detest all this culture woke b- bullshit, yeah. but they're silent. They're cowards if we can spark the, 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 the Light of courage in them. We will win this battle
0: Gosh, And I bring up this topic and it's so heavily censored I hope this doesn't get us in trouble, but uh, in Canada you saw that there's a they say thousands and thousands of dead Native Americans at these over uh, the Catholic schools and you saw trudeau crying about it so what is the what's the conspiracy behind that in your opinion
4: well you know i'm i i don't know much about it i have heard both evidence that suggests that oh yes there were these you know genocidal massacres and i've also heard evidence from other people whose opinions i truly respect that say that it was grossly exaggerated so you know if i were to weigh in on this without knowing much about it my feeling is that the truth is somewhere in the middle, but it's certainly not due to this, you know, uh, conspiratorial, evil, white colonialists who were trying to eradicate native Indians. Uh, um, Undoubtedly, it's true that there were some, uh, you know, bad things that happened, but not nearly to the extent to which people are claiming.
0: Okay, and then last thing, the government, they use a thing called problem-reaction-solution. So their solution, you know, with the pandemic is to lock us down. So what do you think the overall solution in this problem-reaction-solution model?
4: or for the indigenous issue?
0: Well, no, I'm talking about just the the mechanisms of control, the government. I mean, what do you think their final solution is? Do they want us living in pods, eating bugs, hooked up to uh, intubation? Because I really do believe that. I think the future is gonna be very bleak and people are probably gonna be plugged in some fake metaverse and they're gonna say, oh, on Earth you only live 70 years, but in the metaverse you live a thousand years. So, I mean, do you think that could potentially happen? What is the long
4: goal of these evil people? Yeah, well, look, the, if you're a student of history, you know that the the West is a incredible anomaly in the history of cultures, right? Uh, human history is replete with dictatorial rule, right? So the fact that we had these couple of hundred years where we truly did have freedom of speech and freedom of inquiry is a miraculous anomaly, and that's why Ronald Reagan, I, I have the quote in the parasitic mind, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but he said that every generation, you have to have people who are assiduously defending, you know, our freedoms and liberties, otherwise there are always nasty folks who are trying to take it away from you. So in, in that sense, I share your pessimism, Alex, in that there's always going to be folks who are trying to, you know, steal our liberties from us, but hopefully good people will wake up and we will win the battle ended on that optimistic note well
0: and you are one of the good people so tell them how how can the how can we support you and how can we find you before you go
4: well uh you could follow me at gad sad s-a-a-d i've got a youtube show and a podcast called the sad truth s-a-a-d and i have a book coming out this july please go out and pre-order it right away it's called the sad truth about happiness eight secrets for leading the good life check it out we love puns
0: we love books well i don't read them but i do love them uh (laughs) <laughs> thank you so much for coming on, and we will speak soon. And like I said, I'm tweeting that clip to Ariel. Ariel needs to have you on the show right freaking now. But thank you for being a great Canadian and a great tr- truth teller. So talk to you again, my friend. Thank you, sir.
4: Thank you. Cheers, my guys.
0: What the heck, John? What'd you
1: think about that? I, I thought it was really messed up. You asked this Jewish guy if there's a final solution. I mean, I know. Yeah, you know that
0: was pretty bad. Yeah, Wait, I, but I I what know, is the final solution? I know you're not solution? like
1: in history and anything, but like,
0: I mean, get a grip, man. What is the final solution? I have no idea what you're talking about. I think the final solution is that we all die. I don't know why they Alex, want to... Alex, Oh, god. What? what?
4: have I told you? My two rules for you growing up were don't wear dirty underwear and don't waterboard your friends. All right, you remember little Timmy? You remember the lesson we learned in the last suit that came out in third grade?
0: Yeah, I do remember what I did to little Timmy. And you know what happened to little Timmy? He died and I didn't get charged with murder because I was underage and the statute of limitations has left. So if you don't shut your mouth, mom, I will dive into the metaverse and I will give you the same outcome that Timmy gave, okay?
3: Well, in the metaverse, we only drink our own urine. So are you implying you're going to pour urine all over my face? Yes,
0: I'm going to go there and I'm going to waterboard you with my own urine. Get out of here, mom. I'm trying to talk to John and have, a civil discussion with an educated young smart man that is smart and not some dumbass producer trying to larp as my dead mom! Okay, get out of here. Okay, guys. Should I just fire Jimmy or should I? How long should I keep him on for in your opinion, John? I mean, that's your call. That is your call. No, but what if it was your call? What if it was your, not mine? What if it was just totally you?
1: Let me just say... it's all
0: on you. The onus was on you, not me. It was out of my hands. The, if, if I were, if I were running the show, things would be a little bit different, but... It would uh, be a lot bit different yeah. from what some of the stuff you said. Me? Yeah, you said it'd be like you said. Oh, we wouldn't have Blair White on.
1: And you know, honestly, I have no, I have no problem with, uh, with having Blair White on. I just thought some of the comments you made, uh, towards Blair were, were interesting.
0: Well, I'll be honest with this. Listen, uh, if Blair White, I was in a dark room and I had enough tequila. I mean, if you're just looking at her, you wouldn't know that Blair White is a boy. There's a saying that it doesn't matter how many times you put a Chinese restaurant in a freaking Pizza Hut, it's still gonna look like a Pizza Hut. But I think Blair is the one exception to that rule. Well, yeah, there is something if to be you, said. I want to say, if you have sex with Blair, you're homosexual. Go yeah.
1: ahead, sorry. There's something to be said about the problem that like, my generation and future generations are going to face, insofar as, you know, it's very easy to spot transgender people, or I should say transvestites, uh, of days past. I remember the first time I saw one, I was in San Francisco, I was like 10 years old, and two of them stepped on the trolley. And I remember my sister and I just kind of like looked at these guys and we were like, what is going on? They look goofy, because they're like men wearing makeup, wearing women's clothes. But when they start to put children on hormones... I mean, because if you look at little boys, little girls, there's very little difference. You can tell them apart, but when you start to get the hormones involved... By the time somebody say they start taking these hormones, uh, the puberty blockers and the cross-sex hormones, by the time they're like an adult and then they start getting the surgeries, you won't be able to tell the difference. You literally will not, which is why the conversation the right needs to have isn't about like, you know, the cosmetics of gender, the biology even of gender. It's really more about the essence. We need to start talking about really what differentiates men and women in terms of how they behave, what they're designed to do. Because if you just reduce it to like, men have dicks, ha ha
0: ha, then it's like, well, pretty soon they won't. And pretty soon they won't even look like the ones who do. Oh, that's a really good point. I mean, I, but I, it's to your point though, I like to just kind of define a woman as having a uterus and able to have a baby. But I guess if you define it that simply, then they can just rewrite it very easily. I mean that is
1: true but it's like I think of like a truck like I can ask you know what's a truck and you can tell me like literally what a truck is you have to include within the conversation what the truck is supposed to be doing you know like a woman not all women can have children but the way that women think the way they behave this can all be traced back to the fact that God or nature created them to nurture and to produce children. And that has, like, anything that you would do, whether, uh, I mean, maybe not something as simple as, like, you know, where do you want to go for fast food? But if you construct any sort of hypothetical scenario and poll men and women, how would you react in the scenario? Every single one would be different. And there's something to be said about that. And we need to discuss it because if we get too fixated on this, like, I have a biology textbook, they're going to rewrite that anyways.
0: So Yeah, and, I mean, they change the definition in Merriam-Webster's Dictionary of Vaccine. They can change the definition of a lot of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's really kind of this weird out-of-touch fake reality that we're living in. But I think what it comes down to, and you said something really that kind of hit the nail on the head, is that now we have this like atheistic mindset where they try to just try to convince everybody there's some sort of accident that just evolved from the primordial soup and that you really don't have any meaning in life and that morally you're not going to be responsible for any of your actions. So to me, I think that's one of the biggest cancers of society is that we teach young kids... Your life doesn't matter. Yeah,
1: no, it's true. And, you know, if your life is not something that you were gifted and you don't have a purpose, you can just kind of, like, do whatever you want. Like, it's like a video game. So it's like, you want to switch teams, you want to be a woman, even if
0: you are born as a boy? Like, oh, why Dude, not? Dude, wait, that's a great way to describe it. It's literally like a video game where you do your creative player. Because, you know, like, sometimes you do your creative player and you want to make it look like you, but sometimes you want to make it look different. These people literally are living in a video game where they think that they can just create themselves any sort of way.
1: Yeah, which is obviously delusional. And that's why, too, you know... They have, uh, they have to like reinvent the way that humans exist in terms of like sexuality. Like you've got these people now, these feminists, who are like, I have a breeding kink. And it's like, no, you're just a woman. Like you just want to nurture and have children. And the reason they have to call it a kink is because then it still implies that they have control over it. It's like, I'm choosing to have this, like, really edgy kink, and it's like, no, you're just a woman. Like, your grandma had a breeding kink, too, I guess. Like, if you want to make everything some sort of, like, fetish, like, sure, yeah, you're, what is it, like, a demisexual sub with a breeding kink. And it's like, no, you're just a normal woman.
0: Well, to be fair, I kind of have a cuckolding kink, and, uh, and I don't know if you know this, I have some incredible news that I'm so happy to express to this audience tonight. My wife and her boyfriend, Dontarius, are expecting a baby. And you know Dontarius is out on parole and that he's going to face a long prison sentence. So potentially I'm going to be the father of that baby. What do you think about that? Uh, I, I, <laughs> I think that's great. I wish you the, the best of luck with uh, Dontarius's child. Well, it's my child, too. It's, it's a kind of a, they're going to have two dads, which is really great. It doesn't
1: look like you. It's not going to look like
0: you. Well, him. it doesn't need to look like me because, it, listen, that we can give them melanin. We can do the same thing Michael Jackson. He was black. We made him white. I think we can do that. I don't know if it's just melanin. I mean, there are some other features that are uh, not going to translate
1: so well, I don't think. I don't have know. Have you ever seen like what a like a black person looks like if you make their skin look like white people's skin? Yeah, they look pretty good. I mean, you got Dontarius and then baby Marquis. That's not what I mean. I'm not saying that. I'm saying people always talk about like race is just skin color, it's just melanin. There are actually like other features, um, both the body and mind, that, that translate very differently, so I wish you the best of luck
0: raising uh, Dontarius' He's child. gonna be a great athlete, I know that. Okay, so let's play this. Uh, we just recently had a gender reveal, so for the audience. Hey guys, it's me, Alex. I'm with my wife and her boyfriend Dontarius. We just found out uh, we're pregnant, Dontarius is the father, and we're here to do the gender reveal. So. Twisted, honey! What is wrong? That means the baby's mean. non-binary! Ah! 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 So John, our baby is non-binary. We're gonna let the baby decide their sex. So what do you think about that new uh, parental technique where you just let the baby decide? I mean,
1: I think it's retarded.
0: What? Yeah. You think that's retarded? Yes. John, that's racist, dude. You just said all that stuff. You can talk about race all you want, but dude, I think a baby is one of the smartest things in the world. I think a baby's not all jaded. A baby's not, you know, doesn't know about Trump. A baby just knows, do I like my penis or do I not? Let's say China. Sometimes I'm mad. I don't like my penis all that much. and Sometimes I want to cut it off.
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, the baby has no concept of itself. Uh, You know, everything that the baby knows is...
0: Doesn't that mean it's unbiased if it doesn't have a concept of itself?
1: No, I don't think so, because the concept isn't going to come from its own introspection. It's going to come from people whispering into its ear. And so you could have parents who are leading the child, you know, if it's a young boy into masculinity or it's a young woman into femininity. You instead are going to leave it neutral, which in practical terms means the media, which is run by pedophiles and Satanists, is going to be whispering into your child's ear. And, you know, I like Don He's a sophisticated guy, but he yeah. just doesn't quite have it. I mean, he's he's not going to be able to provide a better example, in my opinion, than, uh, Don than, than, than doesn't have it, dude. He has the it factor, dude. He Literally. Literally, literally, nobody likes Don Terrius more than me, maybe your wife, but she nobody loves likes him. Don. <laughs> I bet she does. But uh, he, you know, in 72% of cases, he's probably just not going to stick around. I, I'm just saying that this is a statistical reality.
0: Well, well, we know he's going to jail, but he says as soon as he gets out of jail for for he got a DWI manslaughter, as soon as he gets out of jail for that in like 22 years,
1: he's going to get. That's a honestly kid's better that he's not going to be present because he's going to be in jail. In most cases, they just
0: like they just dip. Yeah, I guess he has a good excuse for not yeah. being there in jail. Hey, why not? folks this has been a wild ride this evening i just want to thank you so much for joining us and we end every show the same way but before we go tell us where they can find you john i know heck off commie and i know you got a huge youtube but just tell them before you go
1: hey heck off commie right milo
0: uh
1: yeah youtube.com slash john's oil where i regularly and consistently post content and this was an interesting
0: wait you just brought up milo because milo texted me what milo said that he didn't like you or kind of he kind of insinuated he didn't say he didn't like you actually and i go why don't you like john i feel like you guys would get along
1: no, I mean, he took a shot at the name of my show, uh, cause What did it is, he do? What did he do? Well, he accurately described
0: it It's kind of like dorky, and that's the point is, you know, yeah, it you're disarms d- you're kind of, people. Yeah, you're like a smart kind of dorky kind of guy. Not that you're a dork, but I'm saying you kind of... It, dude, it's cool to be a nerd now. Wait, so I, so... I'm getting felted by Alex. No, you're not! <laughs> it's cool! I'm saying you're a badass! And I think you and Milo would get along, but he just is like, oh, you need to uh, ask him what heck off commie means. So he said that to you, too.
1: Yeah, no, I talked to him earlier today. We, okay,
0: good. All right, good. I was like, gosh, you guys would like each other. All right, because I like Milo. We're going to have him on the show. So, And he's going after the Groypers. Oh, my gosh. That is some interesting stuff. Have you been following that? No, I, I, uh, I've been monitoring the situation. It's very interesting stuff. There's some weird stuff that's going to come out. So maybe we'll be able to get Milo and Ali and all those guys in a room and try to uh, you know, air out their grievances. All right, guys, it's been a fantastic show. But we end the show the same way every time with our freestyle finale. hit at Defeat. Feel like, this is the same song as the three days in a row. No, I'm not high on both. Fentanyl from my dealer, Paul, all day long. I'm so sorry that I always talk to my dead monk, John Doyle. He likes to smoke his fentanyl with foil. Isn't that right, John Doyle? It's like straight up cocaine. Yeah, he just likes okay, He doesn't like now. Well, guess what? I love it. That's why I just dump it on myself. We're having a blast. It's bright, time night and night. On the ground all the time. Thank you for watching this show. And guys, make sure to share it. We got to get some people seeing this. We're going to safe for the Ukraine. I love you. Good night.